Hello and welcome to episode 225 of Fergie on the Freak. I'm the Project Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me as always is the highly exalted League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm very good, Andrew. I'm just coming down from Mount Olympus just to give everyone a podcast. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, look, I'm not too bad. Yeah, I've, I've had an interesting day. Someone someone called me a name and then blocked me, and I was looking at it going, uh, what, huh, who? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. I, I, I prefer to like to know uh, what it is I've done and said to someone to cause them to block me so that I know to keep saying that same thing over and over again. Oh, man, and, there's a whole list, Andrew. I yeah, I mean, and that, and this is it. This just irritates me because I don't know what it was because I've yeah. said an awful lot. Yeah, look, I saw, I had a look at it, <laughs> and I I don't know what anyone could get mad about what you said. It was like, because I was expecting, I thought, oh, man, Andrew's coming out, and he's, he's put a list out about a team, and it shows that they're terrible or something, and it was nothing like that. And I was like, hmm, this is a strange one. Yeah, just someone really salty. Yeah. There's no Broncos fan. Yeah, you'd think uh, they'd have bigger problems, eh? This is the problem that the Broncos fans have, and they don't realise they have until now, is that they don't know how to lose. You know what? It it sounds funny, but you're right. And I was thinking about this today when the the Bulldogs were leading the Canberra Raiders, and for a short time on the live ladder, the Broncos were in last place. Mm. And I thought, are people going to look back on this season? when the season stopped at one point and we have this global pandemic and people are dying and they're going to see footage of Broncos players crying because they lost football games. <laughs> and, like, I mean, they're going to see that anyway. But there's a difference between saying... that, And I was thinking about this too. Like, there's people at the Broncos right now that work at the Broncos who are saying, look, we're in 15th place. That's terrible. But if people can say for the entire off-season, you won the wooden spoon, their jobs are gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's a crazy time. It really is. Uh, I, for one, hope that, you know, coronavirus has brought us a lot of misery. Mm-hmm. I think the one joy it can bring us is a Broncos wooden spoon. I agree with you. And I like, think that's it, the gift that the virus should give back to us for all the shit we've had to endure. That's true. It's um, It's been a weird year, but there is something kind of strange seeing. And look, you and me, we're Pan- I'm a Panthers fan, you're a West Tigers fan. We can lose. We know how to lose. We've done a lot of that. But to see a club just completely implode and literally have players crying because they've lost games... It's kind of, it's very strange, and yeah, I'm going for that Bronco spoon. Yeah, I, I want it so bad. <laughs> so, go, talking about terrible performances this year, we come up with a, well, basically, what happened was, Trent Robertson, who's the the coach of the Sydney Roosters a few days ago, he was really critical of clubs that were sacking coaches mid season. And he said it was a disgraceful thing and the coaches association should be stronger and clubs should be held responsible for sacking coaches and things like that. There's a a coaches association. Yeah, there is apparently. And I think they want 
the NRL to fund them as well, which is pretty funny. But anyway, um, <laughs> and you and me got talking about who are the coaches that were sacked this year that didn't deserve it. Now, you being a historian, you were like, you, the, your exact words were, bruh, leave it to me. I got this. <laughs> And I was like, okay, Andrew Ferguson, that's fine. And so you put together a bunch of statistics on the, the coaches in 2020 who'd been sacked and compared them to other coaches in the modern era who also didn't have great records. Yeah, so um, what we do, okay, so what, what we first did is we thought, well, look at the the records for each of the five coaches who have been sacked in 2020 and have a look at, you know, what their records were like and, you know, the worst coach this year, obviously, who got sacked for win percentage was Dean Pay. He only won 11% of his games this year. Um, the next worst was Anthony Seabold, who'd won 23%. Uh, Paul Green won 30%. Stephen Kearney, 33%. And Paul McGregor won 35%. Um, and But then we looked at over their last 50 games, so we gave them all a fair chance. Yeah. And... We threw in a few other coaches. Obviously, obviously, we threw in Matty Elliott. Yeah, we wanted to see. We wanted to, you know, he he's our measuring stick, I guess. So we put him in there. Um, I also wanted to throw in Jason Taylor. Mm-hmm. So he's in there. Nathan Brown's last 50 games as coach is in there, which means it gets the majority of the night's time that he was there. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Rodonicus. Yeah, because, I like... We've been talking about that West team that he coached towards the very end of the the nineties, and how bad they were. And like, there's no way that you cannot say that that wasn't a modern day rugby league club, and their record was terrible. And so we wanted to see how, basically, because he was the worst one we could both think of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, so in, we in wanted to see how period. everyone rated against him. Yeah. So, out of all of those coaches and the five who got sucked in 2020, mm-hmm. we found, probably to your great surprise, that Matthew Elliott had the best win percentage. He won 44% of his games, 22 out of 50. Yep. With a points difference of just minus 87. Yes. And you look at those stats and you say, you know what, you put all of the other caper away and you go... That's pretty reasonable for a bloke who actually lost six games more than he won over 50 games. Now, that is true. Okay. My counter to that would be... Oh, look, I'm I'm it, sure there's counters. There's <laughs> going to be counters. Let me open the tome. Yeah. Hang on, uh, hang on. Let, let me grab my soft, comfy chair. Yeah. <laughs> Just put your feet up. <laughs> Just enjoy the next hour and a half. Now, um, my counter to that would be... I think of all of the all of the coaches we're about to talk about for a collective group of players. I think Matthew Elliott had, if not the best group of players, definitely one of the top two or three groups of players. And we're talking like Sivanasiva, you know, Michael Jennings in his prime, Reese Wessar. We're talking like some very very good players. Luke and Lewis, he, oh, hey. Luke Lewis. Luke Lewis, yeah. Uh, Wade Graham. Uh, I mean, there was heaps. There's heaps yeah. of them, right? And on top of that, he also has that incredible junior base at Penrith that was producing players up to a point 
until such time as Matthew Elliott decided to not use it at all. Like, literally, there was one point where I think we blooded two juniors in 18... Uh, yeah, 18 months, I think it was. So, which is almost impossible to do at Penrith. So there were a lot of different reasons for Elliot to not be good at his job and, you know. Yeah. So he topped the list of what we set aside as the worst coaches. Yes. For the And this is in their last 50 games, mind, uh, in the NRL. Uh, Stephen Kearney was next at 42%. So he had 21 wins and a draw from 50 games and a points difference of minus 249. Uh-huh. Anthony Seabold was next with 40%. And I mean, obviously, that's propped up by you know, the back end of his time at South and the fact that the Broncos made the finals last year. So, you know, that helped him. But um, he had a, what was it, 20 wins and a draw from 50 games, 40% success rate, points difference of minus 322. Which is terrible. Which is terrible. It's actually the worst out of all of these bar one. Yeah. Um, next was Jason Taylor at 38%. Mm-hmm. And he had 19 wins from 50 games. He had a point service of minus 242. Nathan Brown also had 19 wins from 50 games at 38%. His points difference was minus 259. So 17 points worse than Jason Taylor. Yeah. Let that sink in, Tigers fans. <laughs> it's also worth noting, Tigers fans, that Jason Taylor... His side conceded 1,251 points, which was 54 points more than what Nathan Brown's teams did in those last 50 games. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Um, Paul Green is next. 18 wins at 36%. Points difference of minus 235. Sorry, uh, yeah, minus 235. Um, No, minus 206. Sorry, I was reading the wrong line. Paul McGregor also had 18 wins at 36%. His was minus 235. Hmm. Dean Pay was only one win behind them with 17 wins at 34%. And I think it's probably fair to say that outside of Tommy Rodonigas, Dean Pay, I guess Nathan Brown would go close, but I think Dean Pay's got the worst group of players to work with out of all these coaches. He'd go close. Um, So for him to be essentially two wins behind Taylor and Brown and one win behind Green and McGregor, and he has the best defensive record out of all of these coaches, and it's quite comfortably too, but almost 100 points better. Yeah. Um, He's the tax worst though. And then, so that's pay with 17 wins. And then Tommy Rodonikus, his last 50 games, he had seven wins at 14%. Um, so remember we said Seabold has the second worst points difference of minus 322. Mm-hmm. Tommy's was minus 1,135. <laughs> That's the it points d- difference. It doesn't even sound real. His team's, his last 50 games conceded 568 points more than the next worst team, which was Jason Taylor. Wow. In the same number of games. Yeah. That's that's special. That's why we use them as a marker. That's insane. Now, the other thing I did is I wanted to check out, because when we did this, it was last week, so it was after round 15 of the NRL. Yeah. I decided to check out the last 15 games of the five coaches who got sacked this year to compare to find out where they would sit 
on the NRL ladder. Mm-hmm. And so they had a combined record of two wins, 13 losses, four 201 against 462, which would have placed them dead last. Yeah, so it's like their last three games, mm-hmm. they're, like even if you combine them all, yep. they're, ter- they're still terrible. And this is the great thing about the putting the stats together for this because Robinson made it out as though these clubs had made bad decisions and they'd use these coaches as a, a, a scapegoat or as Candace Warner would say, an scapegoat. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just not the case. Their performances were all abysmal. Yeah, every single one of them. They were like, all bad. Like you, yeah, you, you can't make a case... Bad. In, in the sh- you can't make a case in 2020 for them. You can't make a case going back to the end of 2018 forwards for them. Uh, th- there's just I, a lot of them. They were they should have been sacked last year. Quite honestly, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised. I think they may. I'm going to be. I'm going to say something risky here. Okay. I think Trent Robertson may have had a hidden agenda. Now, what would that have been? Well, you think about it. If you're one of the best teams in the comp, but you're a little, like a touchdown on form mm-hmm. on what you've been doing for the last two years, being, you know, competition heavyweights and front runners and winning back-to-back premierships for the first time in ages. Mm-hmm. But your, your form's just a, a touchdown, and there's a few other teams that have come along that are in front of you now. Yeah. You're struggling to play catch-up. It's in your best interest to have as many teams struggling as possible. Yeah, and if there's five teams in the competition that have coaches that need to be sacked, yeah, that's five teams that he could be flogging the absolute shit out of. And we, I, I drew up a graph today, and it's a minute by minute um, point scoring analysis of the Roosters' record against Queensland teams this year. Uh huh. So it's the two games against the Broncos, the game against the Cowboys, and the game against the Titans. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, three of those games are against teams that sacked their coach. So the two games against Brisbane, one against the Cowboys. They scored 170 points against the Broncos and 42 points against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Just 18 against the Titans. Okay. They're the team that didn't sack their coach. Yeah. They only beat the Titans by six. Now, I mean, all the Brisbane teams, have, all the Queensland teams, sorry, they've had... Terrible seasons. It's weird yeah. when you. It's weird when you hear the commentary for Roosters games because if you didn't look at the ladder, you would think that they've won every single game ever. Maybe and, you know, and, and they're and about to get better because Sonny Bill's coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's going to. Oh. No, there's just no chance now. He's and, got a Bentley. Uh, did you know? I know. It's a. It's. You know what? It's an expensive Bentley. Yeah, that's right. He isn't going for the cheap Bentley because no. they exist. Um, you know, he, he's actually been a boxer and won like boxing fights. Yeah, I sure you... they may have been against overweight greengrocers and taxi yeah. drivers. He beat but... the fuck out of a guy that was stacking shelves in the Woolies. Man, <laughs> you should have seen it. And let's be honest, he was only stacking the bottom shelf. Yeah, <laughs> poor bloke. I actually bloke. was very, I was very, uh, I, I thought a lot of that guy, right? Because he was like everyone, and it's funny, leading into that, 
you had all of the journalists saying, oh, Sonny Bawooms is a super athlete, and then he's, you know, he faces up against this guy. This guy was like, yeah, I'll fight Sonny Bawooms, and I thought that was really commendable. Oh, bloody hell, it is. Of course it is. It's a shame that he didn't get uh, hit in. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, really good. It's very commendable. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, uh, I, we've seen the, the talk up by um, Matt Nable this week, ad nauseum, going on about Sonny Bill and his past performances and efforts and how he used to play rugby union and how he used to be a boxer and how he made a lot of money out of Toronto. I think that's what he said in there. Yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. The $5, the five million man. Oh, my goodness. I can do Matt Nable perfectly. Yeah. Wow. We need I didn't even this know part. this. You need to be doing intros as Matt Nable for us for this show. We should, eh? <laughs> we should it's do. Virgo we should do a fake Matt Nable interview. <laughs> Virgo in the Freak, live on YouTube. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, yeah, so I think every coach who got sacked this year mm-hmm. was actually the right decision by all the clubs. 100%. And all the coaches who walked away, if there was any of those, they all made the right decision, albeit probably for some of them a bit late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the only one for me that timed it in a career-saving manner, I believe, was probably Paul Green for the simple fact of his last 50 games had been terrible, that he, he didn't have the ability to really rebuild that Cowboys team, it didn't seem like. And he was, look, he was unlucky. Kalen Ponga leaves. If Kalen Ponga doesn't leave, the whole club is built around him going forward. And, and that's a massive blow to lose someone like him. But I think also, too, if if Ben Barber had not been a dickhead... yeah. After the season he had at St Helens, and the you know the fact he won a, a title at the Sharks as well, he was back in some damn good form. Yeah, and if he had to stay dickhead free and just focused on playing good footy, that's a different outfit there. They don't need Valentine Holmes, and they've got a genuine playmaker in top form at fullback. I I also think that when he left, he left after a good performance against Penrith. They got beat pretty well, but it was still a not a bad performance against Penrith. And the club immediately started to tank to the point where, you know, when he left, they were probably the middle of that bottom eight. And since then, they're just, they're losing every game. Um, And and I think that he can at least point to that and say, hey, I was coaching a bad team and look how much worse they got when I left. And that's something, unfortunately, Dean Pay can't say in that he was coaching a poor team. And when he left, they kind of looked a little bit better, which is, is a bit shocking. Yeah, uh, the Warriors are the same. Although, oh, the Warriors are the opposite. We yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of thought that, I mean, every, everyone knows that Stephen Kearney is not a great coach. Yeah. But I don't think anyone expected um, the Warriors to improve in performances as much as they have, especially with the rookie coach there. 100%. Um, they... They were miles ahead of, New- of the Knights. They brought the Knights way back to the field in that performance on the weekend. You know, it's weird with the Knights because, and I think I might have said this a few times this year, um, I never thought of the Knights as being the team where they were on the ladder. 
I always felt like the Knights were a a ninth, tenth, eleventh place team, but you can't take away where they were on the ladder. And, but that that game against the Warriors and look, the Knights have a few injuries now, but that's kind of the team that I expected the Knights to be all year. And I think a lot of people would have thought that the Knights and the Sharks would have been in a similar sort of field. Yeah, yeah. Look, they are. When you look at the ladder, they're like neck and neck. But at the and I think that maybe what's also helped them is a team like Manly just just the bottom fell out of their season. Um, yeah, so lost that one player fell them. apart. Yeah, and then I think a lot of people almost expected the Dragons to be better just because their lineup isn't that bad, especially at the beginning of the year. It wasn't too bad, and so I yeah. think that those two teams, the Sharks and and uh, Newcastle, have really made out on some other clubs not performing at all. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah, the Sharks have just done, as we've said before, the bare minimum a team needs to do in a year, and that is beat beat all the lower teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah. That's what they've done. And if you're ever going to be an eighth-place team, that should be your end goal every year. If you beat just the teams you're supposed to beat, you'll finish eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all they've done. Do you mind if I throw a few... Um, my power rankings I've, I've completed, which is entirely stats-based with zero opinion attached. Yeah, I would like this. And I was th- like, I've seen you post them for the last few weeks, and I think it'd be a cool addition to the podcast. All righty. So I don't know if anyone's heard me do this one before, but the way it works is the you earn competition points based on the ladder position of your opponent. So the higher your opponent, the more points you win if you beat them. Mm-hmm. and the less points you lose if you lose to them. And it's the other way around. So, you know, for example, if Penrith beat the Bulldogs, they get they win the minimum amount of points possible because the Bulldogs are last. Yeah. If Penrith lose to the Bulldogs, they lose the maximum points and the Bulldogs earn the maximum points on the ladder. Yeah. So it's a huge turnaround points. And points for and against are calculated in the same way. So you, you earn more points for be, you know, scoring against teams who are higher on the ladder than you are, and it's multiplied by less than one mm-hmm. if you score points against teams lower on the ladder because you know, they're lower on the ladder. It should be easier to score against them. So the rankings this week, it's not too different to the actual ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so Penrith are first, clear first. Yeah. Um, Melbourne are a clear second. Mm-hmm. Parramatta clear third. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a little bit of a log jam. Canberra, the Roosters, Newcastle and South. Mm-hmm. There's not much between them. Um, Cronulla is a little bit back from there. Manly's further, even further back. So I'd say Cronulla are now comfortable eighth. Yeah. Manly and the Warriors are fighting for ninth. Um, there's a bit of a log jam for 11, 12 and 13. Um, Titans, Dragons and the Tigers are at 13th. Mm-hmm. Cowboys 14th, Brisbane at 15, Bulldogs at 16. And yeah, that's it's looking like the the Bulldogs are comfortable last. Okay, so well, look to me that sounds that sounds about right. The only one that I'm a little bit surprised is Newcastle's up there, but I feel as though that might be fixed up as the the end of the season comes along. Yeah. Um, They've been dropping pretty quickly, and South are very close to overtaking them now, so that would drop them yeah. back to seventh. 
Yeah, because Souths um, are, I mean, Souths are coming on strong the last few weeks. Yeah. I think the one that surprised me too is that the Titans are up to 11th. Yeah, I guess they've been playing some solid football. Like, they haven't been setting the world on fire, but they've been okay. Like, I think they're one of those teams where the top sides would be expecting a, a pretty of a, a bit of a tough game, but they should win if you do everything right. Yeah. Um, and Manly are also three positions higher than what they are on the actual ladder. Um, and that comes down to the fact that they tend to just get hammered by top teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Sharks have, the Sharks are sitting in eighth despite having a pretty good win-loss record, and that largely comes from them playing a large majority of their games, more games than any other team against teams in the bottom eight at the moment. Mm-hmm. They've played they've played less games against teams in the top eight than any other side in the comp. And so that's reflected on there. Have you have you ever applied your power rankings to a previous season? No, but I can. I, yeah, that'd be interesting to see how that panned out. Um, and, and, like, I'm sure that there are seasons that are, you know, a little bit different, you know, not just the run-of-the-mill seasons. Maybe one team started off the season great and tanked. But they're, actually, they're called the Dragons. Um <laughs> <laughs> things like that, you know. It'll be we'll interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, I've been meaning to do that. It could be a little um, off-season project of mine. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got to do something in the off-season, don't you? It's either that or update the website. Uh, nah, just leave that to someone else. I'm sure it'll get done. Write a, write a few books or actually get them finished. Yeah. I mean, I need staff. You do. You need <laughs> staff. That's why people need to go to patreon.com forward slash RL project. Exactly. Toss some coin in my, uh, in my kitty there. Help me out. Because mm. uh, the stuff I'm going to provide for you all, man, it's fantastic, I think. Yeah. No, it is. It is. You've, I know you've told me some of the things you're working on, and it's fantastic. I, I've passed all of these ideas onto other publishers. Uh, as you should. Yeah, I framed them as my own ideas, obviously. As you should, because yeah, there's no chance and, I'm going to get them done. But yeah, well, they said they're fantastic and they can't believe how creative I am. So it was nice to hear from someone else. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, look, while we're at it, you should always definitely support independent content creators like League Freak. You go to patreon.com slash League Freak. I'm going to do something a little bit special for my Patreon uh, followers this week. I'm going to do a little bit of audio, special audio stuff for them, hey? Oh, hello. Yeah, and it's here's the thing, right? Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of audio stuff for them, but this audio stuff will be on our podcast feed within the next two weeks without question because I don't want there to be – I don't want anybody that subscribes to the podcast to miss out at all on anything. This is just like a little – you know, they get a little sneak preview for – you know, supporting, supporting Patreon. Nice. That's very nice of you. I try. You try. Yeah. We, we had thought about doing quite a number of different things with the, uh, the Patreon there, like releasing bits and pieces of deleted episodes, but you know, 
we we actually also realised that we need people to give us money, not have them run away from us after you. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to get angry like letters from our Patreon followers saying, I was all behind you and then I heard the Carson Brumer episode. You people make me sick. <laughs> Just want to make it clear, we did nothing wrong there. Nothing. I'm no. willing to blame him. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing him completely in front of all the buses that are available. <laughs> oh, He's incorrigible. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Let us never go there again on air. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, so, I mean, that, should we wrap that on up, or did you want to uh, throw in some, some emails, or what would you like to do? Uh, we haven't got too many emails about uh, current current events and things like that i reckon we wrap this one up because we've got some plans to do uh put some more content out on the back of this uh even within the next 24 hours so it's only a short episode but we're planning on more going forward all right let's let's wrap this one up and put it to bed then eh excellent Sounds good. Alrighty. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you always check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. Um, also, check out our website, FergoOnTheFreak.com. You can leave us a comment on there. You can also drop us an email, Freaky. Yeah, go to podcast at LeagueFreak.com and, uh, yeah, just leave us an email about whatever. The other thing you can do is if you go to FergoOnTheFreak.com, I actually posted the four-and-a-half-hour live episode that we did yesterday. Um, oh. So, yeah, have a listen to that because we had a lot of fun doing that. That was uh, brilliant. Uh, just just as a, uh, a taster, in around the three-hour mark, maybe three-and-a-half-hour mark, things got a little bit loose. Have you started talking about the, uh, the, the guardian Ralph Rimmer's teeth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah. It was bad to watch. <laughs> what else did there's we talk a, about? We we talked a, a lot about you. we talked a lot about uh, the Panthers versus West Tigers game. Uh, I actually gave my Australian team lineup if it was named mm. uh, probably last week, and yeah, yeah the Exiles team. Yeah, we put together an Exiles team. I forgot about that. Yeah, that we did. We did that on the fly. Yeah, that wasn't pre-planned at all. No. no. Um, this is it. We come up with a few Super League themed pizzas. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. If if the Ralph River talk was loose, um, yeah, this was that was sloppy. <laughs> yeah, there's there, we went really close there where it was like, oh man, should we actually leave this up? Oh yeah, let's see what happens. We we left it there. So um, go easy on us. Yeah, and uh, as as always, um, give us a review. And, and the five-star rating, make it a good review, obviously. We'll put it up on the website and we'll read them out on air and we'll make you famous. Yeah, we can't wait to hear your wonderful thoughts about the podcast. And last but not least, don't forget, check out our good friends at manscaped.com. Go over there, grab yourself any product that they have there. When you get to the checkout, type in NRL. That's our code that we have set aside for our listeners, so you get a 20% discount free shipping off everything they've got there. Uh, so that's manscaped.com. Check them out. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And on that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Catch us all next time.